This is DJ Moore. You're listening to a roster watch. back folks to the week 10 edition of the rosterwatch.com tradecast and the final episode of this year's series my name is Byron Lambert and uh, we're nearing trade deadlines at this point so we're going to get our last few opportunities to improve our teams on the fantasy football trade market over the course of the next one to two weeks by the time Thanksgiving rolls around pretty much everybody's trade deadlines have dropped. You know, kind of the mandates at this point are if you're a losing team, any trades you're considering, they have to help you win this week. If you are a winning team, you know, that's maybe say you're a team that's a little bit on the playoff bubble, you start to look at making moves that are going to help you finish the regular season strong. And if you and 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 ensure your seeding in the playoffs, the fantasy football playoffs. And if you are an ultra lavish team, fantasy rich with a roster full of assets, a deep bench and you know a pristine win-loss record, then not only are you trying to arm up for the playoff race, the nuclear arms race, the fantasy football tournament, you also have the luxury of looking ahead to even considering things like the quality of the playoff matchups, the quality of the matchups your players have in the distant future in the fantasy football playoffs. Most people should not be looking that far ahead some, a few teams have the luxury to do so. The overarching concept here is that once you get to the playoffs, you don't really need that much depth. You need the best starting lineup possible. You know, you really need your depth over the course of the season to fade the attrition of the season and keep your team afloat. But when you get to the playoffs, it doesn't really do you any good to have a super deep bench of really talented fantasy players. The best case scenario is to have going to the playoffs with one stud flex, one to two stud flex guys that if you get an injury to a prominent skilled player on your fantasy team in the playoffs, you're still going to be all right. And that's it. We should be using the rest of the equity on your bench to consolidate at this moment. If we're a winning team, we should be using that to consolidate and go after the biggest name players. We want to go big game hunting for apex predators in our fantasy football leagues. And essentially, the game here is we want to shift the equity from the entirety of our roster. We want to front load it into our starting lineup with basically a cartoonish starting lineup of ultra premium fantasy players, the best of the best, the, the mega, the mega players. That's 
that's the goal here if we're in position to do so. And then if we're in a more tenuous position, we're fighting on the trade market just like we are on the waiver wire to get wins now and to get into the fantasy football playoffs. Kind of like the big picture strategy is you don't need a lot of depth once you get to the playoffs. So it's nice to have a great, talented bench, but really, you know, come the fantasy playoffs, you're going to wish that you had all of that talent consolidated into your starting lineup. So you have the absolute uh, best team possible. So that's kind of the game we're playing at this point in the season, folks. Let's dive right into the week 10 fantasy football trade market. And remember, a lot of this is about teaching you how to think. So maybe your trade deadline's not for another week or two, and you're going to get the opportunity to continue to pursue some activity here. Just use this line of thinking. You need to understand your objectives. You know, you need to craft offers that are likely to be accepted, which means they are going to have to help the other team um, that you're sending to. And you need to identify your situation. Like, are you in a, are you fantasy rich? And you're just trying to go all in on nuclearizing with an epic playoff roster and epic playoff run. Or are you a team that's got to do everything you can just to win now? Get in the tournament, and then we'll see what happens. Both are fun positions to be in. So as it comes to Week 10, we have the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Eagles, and the Rams on bye. So that's also huge news here, folks. We always talk about the bye weeks being kind of manufactured moments to purchase in on players that otherwise frankly may not be available or maybe you get like some kind of at least a small discount on some of these guys and this week's bye week teams are some of the most prominent fantasy relevant rosters in the entire landscape of fantasy football the Chiefs the Dolphins the Eagles the Rams I mean gosh I don't need to list all the players on those teams that you could perhaps be interested in so you know, the game here, again, if you're going after these big-name players, you're hoping to be a winning team, and you're hoping to look at somebody in the standings in your league that is on the bubble or struggling. They're a losing team. They need to win now. They really can't afford to absorb this buy. They're not going to let you rip them off. But if you can go after Kelsey or Pacheco or Mahomes or... Tua or Tyreek or Waddle or any of the Dolphins running backs. I mean, you, you know, with somebody like Devon Achan, who we'll talk about in a few minutes, you kind of have the, the nexus of injury and bye week still creating a purchasing moment there. Philadelphia obviously, you know, got Swift and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts. I mean, of course, a lot of the teams that own these players, they're going to be winning teams, but not all of them. In some percentage of leagues, there's going to be struggling teams that own Cooper Cup and Puka Nukua, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a really timely thing for you guys to do this week is to investigate the situation with the managers in your league that roster these prominent players from these high top shelf fantasy teams like Chiefs. Dolphins, Eagles, even Rams to some extent that are all on by. Like, this is probably your last shot to even imagine trading for one of those players. Returning from bye weeks, returning from a week nine bye, 
the Denver Broncos, the Detroit Lions, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. The reason we mention them is because sometimes those teams that were on by their players, it's a big market out there. And there's a lot of players to account for and out of sight, out of mind sometimes for a week. So, you know, the timing might not be quite as good, but, you know, perhaps you were interested in buying or selling one of the players on the Broncos or Lions or 49ers or Jaguars. Well, you know what? Before their managers get any more information this week, you know, maybe there is still at least some window open there. If that happens to be, we have to have options because all the configurations and possibilities across all these leagues are so much different. Maybe in your league, the guy you can do business with manages people from the 49ers and the Lions. And like those are the dudes you have to choose from if you're going to get something done and attempt to upgrade your roster down the stretch through the fantasy football trade market. We mentioned injured players still representing an opportunity to buy in or potentially buy in somewhat low on alluring fantasy assets. You have Justin Jefferson, obviously his quarterback situation has changed tremendously. That said, Josh Dobbs has got an amazing story right now, but Jefferson says he doesn't quite know when he'll be back. Some have speculated could be in the next few weeks. I think that's a move you make if you are just ultra fantasy uh, rich. I don't really think that's a move for anybody else to make, just given the risk and the cost. But, And I think you'd even have to downgrade your expectations on what his upside is down the stretch, given the new situation. That said, like, you know, what if somehow Justin Jefferson is your flex in the fantasy football playoffs? It's an interesting thing to think about. Devon Achan sounds like he is returning as soon as next week for the Miami Dolphins. I mean, I think it's very clear that he's much better than Jeff Wilson, and he's going to be involved. I mean, if you see the videos of him, he's already looking pretty good in his individual on-field work. So pretty bullish on Devon Achan's return with the Dolphins down the stretch. I think he's an injured guy. That if I could this week, if I was in position to do so, I would certainly investigate trading for. And then Kyron Williams. I mean, look, we were always concerned could Kyron Williams really do this for an entire season given his somewhat diminutive stature. And I think we were kind of proven that he couldn't. That said, the Rams didn't go, they don't have, they didn't go invest in any other prominent running backs, which kind of answers one of my other questions about Kyron Williams. How much do they believe in him? And I think he's the type of back with the type of skill set you can be pretty excited about in a Stafford offense with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. So I think Kyron Williams is probably a very discounted player. I, I, you know, he performed about as well as Achan early in the season, but I don't think he's viewed the same. And it sounds like he might not be until a week 12 return. So that could be a really sneaky thing to do. It's not a guarantee, but go trade for Kyron Williams. Like he, in a competitive league, boy, he could be a really awesome flex in the fantasy football playoffs. All right, folks, as we 
have a look at the player pool for the Week 10 Fantasy Football Trade Market. We'll start off on the sell side of the market. And once again, I think it's worth reiterating. And for, for what it's worth, it is probably easy to not make this distinction. But just because somebody's on the... There's a difference between a sell and a must-sell. And usually the guys on the sell side of the market are not must-sells. These are players that we should or could consider selling or these are players that if we there's a guy we're really interested in targeting we're gonna have to give some players up these are players that we would contemplate doing that for um in, in the proper trade deal for a guy that we're interested in so we have to talk about these so when we say that tank dell is a sell he's not a must sell we know he looks awesome you love it if you roster tank dell and you're not in a rush to get rid of him but you know, it takes money to make money. You're going to have to give something good to get something good, right? And we want really good players here down the stretch. Tank Dell, a rookie quarter, uh, rookie wide receiver on a team with a rookie quarterback and guys like Nico Collins rearing their head and even Robert Woods looks like he's coming back. I mean, it's just, it's not a stellar situation. So, you you know, you love to roster Dell, happy to keep him rest of season, but I think he's a guy you can depart with if it's in a deal for a better player in return to nuclearize your starting lineup for the fantasy football playoffs. I think the same thing can be said for Nico Collins, who looks like he may be missing a little bit of practice this week, so that's something to watch. But, I mean, he's got a nice fantasy profile right now, and people are hot about C.J. Stroud. I think people are hottest about Tank Dell, obviously, but Nico Collins has value. So, you know, the same line of logic that applies to Dell... I think we can apply it to Collins here. And both of these dudes are players that we're willing to depart with if uh, if it's a guy we're more interested in uh, re- receiving in return in a fantasy football trade. Jahan Dotson. Little mini breakout here with the Commanders. Player we like, but disappointing season. I don't think we can really read too much into it at this point. I think it's just the nature of that offense. And I'm not saying he's ultra-valuable. But I don't think he's a player that's totally dismissible and is somewhat relevant. And sometimes you need these these kind of um, peripheral pieces to get these deals across the line. And it looks like we've got Curtis Samuel returning this week for the Commanders. I don't think there's enough to go around there on a regular basis for any of their skill players, frankly. So Jahan Dotson, to me, is a guy that we are willing to part with if necessary as part of a fantasy football trade that we want to consummate. You know, I think the other thing you could think about here is maybe guys you're not sure about. I mean, DJ Moore and Adam Thielen have been staples on this program all season. What do you make of them rest of season? I mean, it hasn't looked great lately. I think it's time to start evaluating how do you feel about those type of players. You may not be able to do anything. You may just go to war figuratively in your fantasy football playoffs with a guy like DJ Moore, and that's obviously just fine. We've seen like he's got weak winning capabilities if everything aligns. That said, is that the absolute highest and best use of your 
fantasy football assets as you look ahead. I, th- I think these are the things you at least need to consider. And, the, you know, I always tell people, I mean, I have a good handle on the landscape of the league, but nobody knows your roster and your team better than you. Especially when you get deep down in the weeds. You've been living with that team all season. You know all the idiosyncrasies. You know all the little fine data points. And that's where like people call it gut instinct. But your gut is is well-informed. I mean, research shows more and more that your gut in some ways is kind of neurologically almost like a second brain. So it's well, it's a, your instincts in theory could oftentimes can be well-informed. And I think that if you're not sure you, the best case scenario is follow your instincts. Doesn't work every time, but I, that's just, it's the best way to do things. Just like I always say, like the lineup you set on Tuesday is Almost always your best lineup of the week when you're in doubt on Sunday morning and starting to piddle with things. Keep that in mind. Aaron Jones had a nice week this last week. Disappointing season. You can make a case for more. But it's far from clear that that will actually materialize. I think there's a lot of questions around Aaron Jones at this moment. If I could do the right deal and get a player I feel much more comfortable about uh, in return, I'm willing to ship Aaron Jones off this week or before my fantasy football trade deadline. The Steelers running backs, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. What in the heck are you guys going to do with these players? I don't think you're going to win a fantasy football championship with them. So then what's the point? I think they're both... Somewhat marketable at this moment, and I simply just don't think there's enough there in Pittsburgh for both of these players to have real league-winning viability in terms of contributing to a league-winning fantasy football roster. I say package them up, ship them out, and bring a more premier player back in return. Antonio Gibson, and to a lesser extent, Brian Robinson. In Washington, very similar pro case to Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. You know, Robinson's been a nice RB2 for the most part in half-point PPR on the season. Gibson's been basically, his career's flatlined, been a total disappointment. Not really, not on, not totally surprisingly, ever since Ron Rivera came into Washington, that just hasn't been a great fit for Antonio Gibson, but... You know, Brian Robinson's had a nice season, but it's really kind of leveled off at a middling RB2. It's similar to Pittsburgh. There's just not enough to go around here. I think Robinson's a plenty of fine guy to keep if you need to. He's a nice flex rest of season. But why not try to capitalize on him now and, you know, take Brian Robinson and turn him into something better? That really should be the objective. Gus Edwards, Baltimore Ravens. I mean, I think the guy scored six touchdowns in the last two or three weeks. It's been an unbelievable run for a player that we've historically always liked, and we like to see it, but there's a lot of data points to his profile that indicate sell high. Not must sell. I mean, we don't mind Gus Edwards getting the goal lines on a Ravens football team. 
in addition to other work. And he's been quite productive and efficient and explosive in spots this year. But there's definitely a sell-high profile to Gus Edwards at this moment. I think he's a marketable player. Keaton Mitchell blew everybody's hair back this last week, looking like they found their own Devon Achan. We'll see, but who knows? That might, you know, Justice Hill has been a weekly staple, nothing to write home about from a fantasy perspective. And certainly when you see him, it's funny, seeing a guy like Justice Hill, who was the fast guy when he came out of Oak State, you know, a few years of getting beat up in the league, you see fresh legs like Keaton Mitchell, and it looks like, you know, you're watching two totally different speeds of video. So, you know, you wonder, does Hill kind of get, uh, does he kind of get pushed out of this running back situation with the Ravens anytime soon? If you listen to John Harbaugh, no. I think it's what it could mean is just kind of a three-man committee, which, again, Gus Edwards is the lead. He's getting the goal lines. There's a lot to like there, but just think you have a touch of a sell-high scenario here, and I think he's a guy that you can market for a big-name player in return. Deontay Foreman looks like he's going to get another, at least another week here of serious fantasy viability. Thursday night game this week, going to be difficult to figure out anything to do with him in advance of that, but let's pretend he gets volume again this week, and we've got the word that Khalil Herbert not yet set to return. I mean, he's been a nice waiver wire pickup the last month, but, I mean, gosh, how much can you rely on that looking ahead? I think if we have another good night out of Deontay Foreman this week and he looks to maintain viability or marketability over the next week or so, I think he'd be really wise to try to peddle him in a deal for a better player in return that you trust more, a more elite player in in return down the stretch. All right, folks, let's pivot to the buy side of the Week 10 fantasy football trade market. This is far from a lock at this point, guys. Far from a lock. As a matter of fact, I'm not even bullish on this, really, on this player. And most aren't. He's fallen out of favor really globally at this point among the fantasy industry and just the general population who plays fantasy as Tony Pollard. Not as much to be excited about that there. But still, when you survey the landscape of the league, at least in Week 10... With a little bit of time left here, left here on our fantasy football trade markets, he's one of the guy that, that he's one of the guys that shows up on the top of the list. And this is a very imperfect game, and a lot can go wrong, and a lot can go right between now and your fantasy football championship. And it's definitely not a game of perfect information. So, are we thrilled about Tony Pollard moving forward? You know, not enormously. Is he a possible buy low that? Could have some upside or be like at least be a really good flex for your fantasy football team down the stretch. I mean, if you're a championship team and Tony Pollard's your flex, that sounds pretty damn good to me. And I think it should to you too. So I advise you to strongly continue your efforts to at least investigate what's going on with Tony Pollard in your league. I really think he can be had at a nice price tag. And I'm still willing to take my chances there just as a calculated move. 
as long as he doesn't have to be the centerpiece of my roster as I look ahead. Bijan Robinson at Atlanta, very similar profile. I mean, the guy's an RB3 on the season. Not at all what people signed up for. It's so funny. I was so torn between Nick Chubb, Bijan Robinson, and Tony Pollard preseason is who I was going to take with, I think it was the fifth pick overall in my biggest fantasy league. I ended up taking Nick Chubb, which I felt fantastic about. Obviously, we know what happened there, but boy, Pollard and Robinson really didn't turn out. So I guess I made the right decision, but ultimately, none of those, it's funny, none of those. Uh, really worked out. But Bijan Robinson, I think you put him in a similar situation as Pollard, but his different his issue has been more volume. So it's like you got like a volume related issues on not a good team with Bijan Robinson, but he looks like a much better player than Tony Pollard. I mean we could see he's ultra productive with the chances he gets. Pollard is more like we've seen him look great in the past, but not at all this year. And you know what? I don't think people talk enough about him coming off the broken, what was it, ankle or lower leg last year? Nobody talks about that. You know, you wonder, does that have a little bit to do with what we're seeing? That wasn't a non-serious injury. That was it was not a trivial injury to Tony Pollard. And I believe it's towards the end of last season. I wonder how much that has to do with what's going on. Um, you know, that said, like we've seen a previously explosive player who has been fantasy dominant at stretches, and he's on a good offense, and he's getting a lot of touches. I mean, you just, that's a, that's, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but that's kind of a system that you just have to keep hammering away with, and I just think you win more often than you lose if you're following that methodology. And the fact is, these are just the dudes who are available in fantasy football leagues right now, so... This is what we got to work with. You understand how to assess these things. Maybe next week, if your deadline hadn't dropped yet, it's not Pollard and Robinson. Maybe a couple other guys come into focus. You like more. Just continue using this sort of rationale. Kenneth Walker in Seattle. Been a down few weeks after a really hot start to the season. Kind of a down overall for that Seahawks offense. Walker losing some touches. If you listen to the reports, maybe not fully healthy in recent weeks. Not a must-buy. None of the again, just because these guys are on the buy side of the week 10 edition of the rosterwatch.com fantasy football trade cast. Not a must-buy for Pollard Robinson or Walker, but these are the dudes that we should be looking at. Based on a number of circumstances, these are the most likely dudes to be looking at. It could be somebody else in your league. And if so, I'm be thrilled that you have more prominent options. But Kenneth Walker is a guy I'd say the value is low at this moment. Make You're going to have to make of it what you will. And I'm not giving up a lot for him. But if I could get Kenneth Walker in a reasonable deal, if you go back and look at his early game log this season, we can see he could be capable of finishing strong, especially if he's a little injury hampered right now. You would think that's something that might improve over the course of the rest of the season. Brees Hall, probably the guy I'd say I want the most of any of these dudes. It's close. Maybe not. It's close. I think he looks the best of all these guys. But he very well may be on 
the worst offense of this group. I don't know. I, it's close. I mean, really, the Seahawks offense hasn't been great. They should be better. Atlanta's offense, nothing to write home about. So a lackluster offense for Brees Hall, kind of holding him back is what we would say. But he's had a little, he's cooled off a little bit here for a moment in time. And he's a player we can get very, very excited about adding uh, rest of season. And again, we're kind of big game hunting this week. So I tried to distill this week's episode. We're big game hunting rest of season. Try to distill this episode down to prominent players. Maybe it's other guys in your league. But certainly, if I would highly recommend you take 60 seconds and look what's going on with the Brees Hall manager in your league. I think a sneaky play on the buy side of things is Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown in Arizona with Kyler Murray returning. Really not a bad season for Brown. It could have been a horrendous season. It's been a decent season. But we've had a little cooling off moment here. And I don't think people are really lathered up about Kyler Murray. And they probably shouldn't be. It's easy to forget the connection between Murray and Marquise Brown. And it's they don't have anybody else, really. I mean, they've got the tight end, McBride. I think you could kind of do some mental math here and say, well, no shortage of opportunities. Hollywood's been pretty good this year. He's not high on anybody's list. He's probably undervalued. This guy's had a ridiculous connection with Kyler Murray since college. There's not a lot of guys competing for targets, and he's probably Murray's security blanket. Probably is, and on a return from injury. I think maybe we won't get the fullest form of that combination, but you can make a case here for Marquise Brown having a Nice finish to the season as we get a return from Kyler Murray. I think it's sneaky. So I I really, I would recommend poking around on the situation surrounding Marquise Hollywood Brown at the wide receiver position in your fantasy football league. I'd say in a competitive league, like he would be an awesome flex or wide receiver three or maybe even wide receiver two down the stretch. Devontae Adams, guys, I think this is one we're close to just giving up on. I mean, this is just based on all the historic stuff with Devontae Adams and how good of a player we know he is. It's it's a bad situation. A young quarterback. Obviously, tumultuous stuff going on with the Raiders. Jacoby Myers, a big part of this offense. And just not a high-volume scoring or high-flying offense. It's You have to be honest. I mean, no matter how good Devontae Adams is, that's a real problem in terms of fantasy the rest of the season. And he's just straight up been bad. He's been killing your fantasy team. So his owners are jilted right now. And I think he can be had very, very reasonably, at least in some percentage of leagues. The question is, how much do you really want him? I think it depends on like what your attention is. Does he become a bench player for you? Does he become a flex player for you? If so, you know, maybe he becomes your top bench player. Or maybe he becomes your flex player for your nuclear fantasy playoff lineup. And if so, in a competitive format, I think that's fine. So I think it just depends on your expectations and your needs surrounding Devontae Adams. Certainly a guy we'd always be happy to take in return and and a guy that pretty clearly could still, at the very least, maybe it's not on a consistent week-to-week basis, 
but he could still very capable of of a big performance in any given week. And that's really what you need down the stretch is, yeah, you want the best players producing the biggest numbers all the time, but it's hard to have that top to bottom. The very least, you want a combination of players that in any week, a couple of them can go big and win you the entire week. And I, I think you, you'll always put Adams in that category, at least for the foreseeable future in his career. And then the other guy to maybe keep a watch on the next one to two weeks. He's, you're not going to rip somebody off for him. He's not going to come cheap, but maybe he becomes available. We've seen the renaissance here of the Bengals offense, kind of predictably so, as we're heading down the stretch. And if you look at it, Jamar Chase, I believe coming off of a somewhat modest week in week nine. And now if you look, he's got two tough matchups the next two weeks. So it might not be quite ripe yet, but if you kind of looking over the horizon a little bit for leagues that have another week or two left until their trade deadlines drop, I wouldn't be shocked if a week or two from now you look back and Chase has had two or three modest fantasy football outings in a row. And he's not going to be easy to pry loose. You might have to give up a lot for him, but that's okay if you're in a team position to do so. I would keep an eye on Jamar Chase. I think he could possibly become available at the last minute in the coming weeks in your fantasy football trade market. All right, folks, we never let you go without constructing, architecting a few mock deals or sample deals here for you. So you kind of know what to do. What if we wanted to go after Kyron Williams this week? You know, could you give up Tank Dell for Kyron Williams? I think you could. Could you give up Nico Collins or Jahan Dotson plus Deontay Foreman or Brian Robinson or Jalen Warren or one of these guys? You know, could could you do that for Kyron Williams? I, I think you could. I think you absolutely could. What about for Devon Achan? I think you just have to step that compensation up a little bit. Dude, offer the Achan owner Aaron Jones. I mean, that could be an unscientific thing, and maybe it blows up in your face, but, you know, get Najee Harris, Aaron Jones, Brian Robinson, Gus Edwards. You know, put Cobble, any of those dudes together. Figure out what you want to do. Um... Figure out what you want to do with Thielen and uh, DJ Moore. Maybe these are guys you can use to pursue HN in your fantasy football league. Maybe it's Justin Jefferson that you're a team in a position of ultra luxury and you're just looking to put that cherry on top for a possibly epic playoff run. I mean, can you send Aaron Jones for Justin Jefferson or Najee Harris for Justin Jefferson right now? Or Gus Edwards or Brian Robinson plus Nico Collins or Tank Dell or Jahan Dotson or Adam Thielen for Justin Jefferson? I mean, I think there's like definitely a combination of stuff that you can get done there. I bet you you, you could trade DJ Moore. Maybe even perhaps straight up for Justin Jefferson. You got to determine if you want to do that. 
But something like that sounds very, very viable in this moment. And I think these are like the one thing in life is we got to kind of learn to not fear making the tougher marginal decisions. And we got to not fear pushing the chips into the middle. And we want to do it in a calculated way so that most of the time we're coming out ahead. But you still got to learn to make that push. And um, that's what we do right here every year on the rosterwatch.com trade cast. Let's see if we want to go after. What if we want to go after Bijan Robinson? Same thing. I mean, gosh. Aaron Jones, Tank Dell, all these guys we've talked about, Gus Edwards. I mean, some of these kind of seem like lateral moves. So you got to make offers that make sense, like offering Gus Edwards for Bijan Robinson. Like, that's an unlikely deal to get done. It just, it doesn't make a lot of sense um, really for anybody. But I think there's something to be done here. I mean, may, gosh, maybe it's Jalen Warren plus Tank Dell for Bijan Robinson. I mean, it's something along these lines. I think it can be done. Kenneth Walker, I think you can do something for even less than for Bijan. I'd say Pollard's going to be right in that similar pocket there. I mean, come on, be honest with yourself. You'd much, even if you had to pay Najee Harris plus something to get Tony Pollard, you'd much rather. Have him rest of season. Marquise Hollywood Brown. I, I mean, the more I look at this one, this is the guy. It's, this is sneaky. This is tricky. This is the reason that you tune in as we get way down into the finer points of the trade market and identify possibilities that you just simply won't hear or see anywhere else. And this saves you time. But the more I look at this, I think Hollywood Brown is a... The, the Cardinals are playing from behind constantly. This is a very... This might be the sneakiest player of the Week 10 fantasy football trade market to add here down the stretch in your fantasy football league. That's Marquise Hollywood Brown of the Arizona Cardinals. And what could you give up for him? Again, Aaron Jones, Najee Harris, Brian Robinson, Tank Dell, Nico Collins plus Jalen Warren, Tank Dell plus... Antonio Gibson, I, you know, DJ Moore, Adam Thielen. You know, can you send DJ Moore for Marquise Brown? It's, maybe you're a losing team. We always talk about consolidation trades for the winning teams. We don't want to neglect the losing teams or the teams on the bubble. You guys need to win right now. And that always starts with identifying why you're losing. And usually it's because you have holes in your starting lineup. What does that mean? You need two players in return that have high upside that you think you're buying low on that can help you win this week so maybe you roster Aaron Jones or Najee Harris or Gus Edwards and you want to sell high on these dudes well maybe you can get Marquise Brown and another player in return gosh what if you could get Kenneth Walker and Marquise Brown for like an Aaron Jones type I'm not sure you can but I mean something you know, maybe you've got somebody better than Aaron Jones. What if it's DJ Moore? What if you could trade DJ Moore for Marquise Brown 
and Kenneth Walker. That would be absolutely epic. And it's been epic being here with all of you, ladies and gentlemen, all season long on the rosterwatch.com fantasy football tradecast. Once again, my name's Byron Lambert. And until next season, this is Roster Watch. <laughs>